So yeah, the the amount of money spent on influencers now yeah. for for 2023, it's projected to be 21.1 billion dollars on influencer marketing. Welcome to Pipeline. Today, Glennis and I are going to talk about some stories we were thinking about uh, through the week, and we want to share those with you. In fact, one of them, I would say, is an epic uh, customer success story. Um, it's one that uh, is known as, in all Nordstrom's, where we started our professional career. This is probably the first story you hear uh, when you're an employee, and it's just an example of doing great customer uh, service for their, their customers. And it is called the tire story. So you say it better than I do. So I want you to uh, kind of go over, uh, you know, how this, where it was at, how it went down, and then what the the, the customer basically, the, what the takeaway was, and and why it's a, a success story. Okay, so it happened in 1979 in an um, Alaska store, Fairbanks, and. Um, a customer comes walking into the store with a pair of old used tires and says, I want to return these. I do not have a receipt. And he walks into men's clothing. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's like, uh. <laughs> Right. And so he had to figure out, um, well, the customer was insistent. He said, I think he first said, I'm sorry, this is a clothing store. Yeah. You know, he's trying to. You, know. you must be confused, you right? Know, right, or whatever. And and so the the customer said, "No, I I bought these here." And so he says, "Okay." And so he um he just called like a random tire store, and they worked with him over the phone to try to figure out how much the tire was worth. Yeah, the two tires were worth, and um you know they were worn. He had to get out his measuring tape to see how much the, <laughs> the cost would be back to the client. Right, and and ended up being twenty five dollars. Wow. So um, he gave him his $25 back and the customer was happy. He, he took his money, money and left. And, yeah. But the, the whole story was the customer was right. Yeah. Because he really did purchase them in that building two years before. Right. <laughs> Just changed ownership. So now Nordstrom's own it, owns, right. it, owns the store. And then, of course, he comes in there like, hey, yeah. I bought this here. Yeah. And you guys told me. Yeah, it was it was a guarantee. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. And then the 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 big thing about the story that we're thinking about, and there's we got two other ones. So this is all going to be the same thread. But the big thing on this one was number one, it's just instilled as the story of all stories for doing great customer service, doing the right thing for the customer, right. which is really what's drilled into you uh, early on. We're in our early twenties, working at Nordstrom. And this is like the first story you hear about is the tire story, along with some others. But it just gives you an idea of how important it is to do the right thing for the customer, and that you know you'll 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 be right no matter what. They'll back you up. Mm -hmm. And you know I think as Nordstrom employees too, you are you are giving you're a salesperson that gives great service and support for their the customer. Mm -hmm. You know, you had personals and you wrote their names down. I mean, other stores, you have clerks that you ask for X, they bring out X. At Nordstrom, you ask for something and they bring out things that you didn't ask for, but 
they anticipated that you needed before you might not even know, right? Mm -hmm. Seasons change, there was three years, or three years, three months ahead. And uh, so things like that, where you're, you would see something come in and you would call your, your personals and say, hey, this just came in. I know you were looking for this earlier. You know, clerks don't do that. No. So that was a big kind of change, I think, for us in it. And what it did is it really instilled this sort of perception of customer, the customer and what, what their needs are and anticipating that. Mm-hmm. And we've built it into our own company mm-hmm. and everywhere we've ever really worked. You know, we've just sort of, that ethos is sort of built in. And then the people that we worked with at 429 and some of the other stores, uh, they took that and then they took that into the dot-com era and that became Zappos. So hello to everybody at Zappos. <laughs> and that was really cool because they took the the engine that was like supercharged and they just put that in another vehicle and that vehicle was the top dot-com era. Mm-hmm. And that really worked you know, exceptionally well. I mean, Zappos is huge and they got purchased by Amazon because they're of that yeah. customer service. But um, the, the big takeaway on the story though is that the reason that story continues for four decades now yes. is because of other people telling that story worldwide. Yeah, and, and somebody else is telling the story for Nordstrom. Yeah, they're not Customers talk about it all the time. Customers know the story. Yeah. And, and it's the customer that makes the story just go and go yeah, and go. Yeah, what makes it go. And I, I, I first heard about it in 1989 when I started, I opened the store in Sacramento. I opened the store. I was, Jim Nordstrom was the manager. Wow. And, and I worked there eight years and, and the customers always knew the story. And I was flabbergasted like 40 years later, they're still talking about it. Yeah, that's and a, that's only $25 that Nordstrom paid. That's so crazy. For an ad campaign for that. I mean, yeah, that's the, that's, they, didn't, they didn't mean to do that. They didn't even do it. No. They didn't plan on it. It was just, you know, the customer. Yeah. And that's like yeah. the, the influencer kind of story, right? Where yeah. somebody says, wow, this is really great. And then they sort of take that and you have, uh, there's an author that tells a story and he travels around the world. Yeah. And, it. and he was saying that he travels around the world and people around the world have heard that tire story. Yeah. Yeah. The Nordstrom tire story. So that is the story of all <laughs> stories. Yeah. Again, that's, that's something that we heard early on mm-hmm. uh, in our early twenties and yeah. it just sort of stuck with us. Yeah. And then the other thing that you and I were talking about uh, was this guy oh. on the skateboard uh, for Ocean Spray. So yeah. that that was another one that just blows my mind. Yeah. So there's a guy named Nathan. Sorry, I don't know his last name, but he lives in Idaho. I do know that. And he had a skateboard and he was riding on a skateboard, drinking Ocean Spray, had a selfie stick. And singing you know, Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Singing a song, or well, he wasn't even singing, and he was lip syncing to yeah, it. Yeah. And it was 15 to 20 seconds long. That's it. He ends up getting over a billion views and um, sold out Ocean Spray all across the country, all the shelves. And um, Ocean Spray said, oh my gosh, they didn't even, they had no idea that someone they that no one do that they could never do that no and way. and they ended up they were so grateful to him they bought him a new truck filled to the top with ocean spray 
And uh, somebody made him a skateboard, like a custom yeah. skateboard. And I think they're selling that. Or I, I mean, it's just. That just shows you the power of the individual. Yeah. It's, Ocean Spray could have not done that. Right. If they made an ad of somebody skateboarding. Right. It'd been like a Mountain Dew commercial. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's a commercial. No, it, yeah. But from a just person. A, another person doing it, it's it has more, way more power. It, it does. Yeah. The power of influence. There's something about that, though. And this the psychology of it is it, really profound, and then it, this continues to be a growing growing trend and market. Mm -hmm. But the, before we sort of get into some of the numbers and stuff that I was thinking about, um, or at least you were you were telling me about, because I can't remember any of them. But the other thing I wanted to say was there's another thing that we were watching a new movie called Air, and it's the story of Michael Jordan and how Nike you know, got him as a, as a customer to represent their, their product. And man, there's just so many takeaways from this, this, this movie from a sales and marketing perspective, especially. Yeah. So we're looking at it you know, a little bit differently because the, the marketing guy was coming up with some great material that wound up being used within the, the pitch uh, or the, I would say it was very personal. That's like the very first thing I think of when I think of the movie is, how personalized Nike was on their approach versus Converse and Adidas was just sort of like, yeah, just you can be one of the people that, you know, uh, represent our, our product, um, but not very personal. And they didn't really, you know, you're one, you're one in a number. Right. And then Nike comes, you know, and they know that he's going to be an important piece, but of their, of their future, if they could, if they could get into this, and into this uh, agreement with them. And so they build a whole product around him. And um, I think that was just incredible. Like the whole story is incredible, really. Yeah, they personalized the shoe yeah. for Michael Jordan. Yeah, I mean, much, much more personal, much more important. Um, so, and and at the family level, like the mother was really involved in, in managing his career. And so the whole family's there and they have a more of a heart to heart, real, conversation with them at the end. And that's what sealed it was, look, you know, we see the future. We know he's going to be an incredible athlete and Nike wants to be that, that brand that builds us around him. And he's going to have his own, his own shoe and, uh, seemed to work out pretty good. I think the, the numbers proved the, uh, the gut instinct on that, uh, to be spot on. So that was a great story though. Yeah. It's, it's another influencer. Yeah, the influence of all influencers, though. <laughs> right, huge. Yeah. yeah, but that 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 kind of does show that trend, though. And obviously, that's a, an extreme example, but just the validity of of having Michael Jordan is your subject matter expert in yes. basketball. Yes. Nike is not. Who? Yeah, Michael Jordan knows more about basketball than Nike. Yeah. So they used the perfect person. <laughs> yeah, it was very, it's, it's, it's an incredible story on how they built that around him. But you, even if a, a company knows just as much or if not more than a subject oh, matter sure. expert, mm -hmm. I think the, the other thing is, and this is why this is a growing trend is when, when a company says they're great, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, uh, you know, it's an ad. It's, it's always seen as an ad. Everyone's the greatest and the number one and the leading this or that. And I won this award and that award and this. Yeah. yeah. And from a, a customer perspective, it just comes off like more, you know, marketing 
type of, of, uh, of advertising really is what it's going to be. No matter how good the ad is, it's always going to be an ad. Um, and that's why I think you see other people, I'll put it this way. Like when I look at a product, like I was looking at a camera today and I was just sort of going through, you know, I won't say the brand, but there's various camera models to, to look at for, for doing, um, you know, videos like we're doing here today, but other, our other videos. And yeah, I don't go to the manufacturer to learn about the product. No, I go to other reviewers that talk about the product and how they're using it in their workflows and what, what, how well it performs. Yeah. Cause you know, you're going to get a more accurate, um, kind of representation of the product. Mm -hmm. And usually it's faster. Like you're going to get something that is, that just goes and, and gets to the point of what you're trying to get to where, where you're not wrestling around the marketing material. Yeah. Um, at least for me. <laughs> so that's one of the big takeaways too, I think of why the B2B market's growing, but you were telling me some numbers that I, I got it. So this is crazy. So yeah, the, the amount of money spent on influencers now yeah. for, for 2023, it's projected to be $21.1 billion on influencer marketing. So that's how much they're paying influencers? Yes. Wow. Yes. So that just shows you that that works. And yes, it works because $992 billion was spent in sales in 2022. Not spent in sales, sorry. Made in sales. So they made. That they made nine hundred nine. Yeah. Okay. So yes, that's how much in sales that they made on influencer marketing. Wow. And you know, for twenty, they they have a projected number of two point nine trillion dollars for um, projected to be by twenty twenty six spent on social. So it's just going to influencer marketing. I'm not talking about regular from right. a brand. I'm talking about influencer marketing. And I would separate all these those. numbers. All these numbers I just said was specifically influencer marketing numbers. But and that's if you separate everything out too, you're looking at you got B two C, and then you have B two B. Yeah. And so, and this is how it always goes: is B two B looks. You know, B two C is always kind of trending first on how they do things. Yeah. Sure. And so. I see the B2B market grabbing this more and more because they now they see it works. Mm -hmm. And now they're gonna be like, wow, we're gonna have to adapt this for B2B. Yeah, and marketing is coming up with, you know, specific influencer budgets. Okay. You know, marketing budget for that now. It's funny how it's something like 93% now have an influencer marketing budget. What's what's wild to me is, you know, you call it a name, but it's like something that, you know historically we've already kind of helped customers with which is you look at a problem that their client has and you're you're trying to educate basically mm -hmm. the market just answer their questions yeah and, it, mm -hmm. and if you look at i'll take security as a as an example so the security market we talk about layered security that means there's a lot of different solutions that make up um, a whole solution you know there's not you don't just have one product so it takes a whole bunch of them right so if I was a, a an end user mm -hmm. or a channel partner and I want to get educated on on all of these different solutions, I have to go to each individual one to find right. stuff out. And then I have to go through the information 
uh, to kind of get to the, you know, the, the meat of it, right? Whereas if I can go to uh, a source and, and learn about things mm-hmm. and, and hear from people that, you know, know, know the industry or subject matter experts mm-hmm. talking about how all these things fit together, to me, that's just easier. Like, yeah, especially if it's packaged in a similar way, they get the the way that it gets laid out by the same person over and over. It's like, okay, this, 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 this. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's funny. It's just, <laughs> the, the terminology, you know, it, that gets um, used for things, but you can see the effectiveness of influencer marketing. And on the B2B side, I, I would call it, at least for us, you have subject matter expertise plus uh, good storytelling. In other words, you know how to create content for that market that that connects the dots. Basically. Copywriter. Yeah. Because, you know, you can you can have information, but if the right. information is boring, I mean, we've all sat through boring yeah. PowerPoint presentations. So there's a lot of there's a lot of video out there. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at just all of this in its entirety and you what you see on the feed. Right. We were talking about this earlier, too, yeah. where you look at what you see on the feed and there's a lot of posts that just have a logo on it. Logo posts. A logo photo. Logo photo. A photo logo. However you want to say it. Yeah. And, you know, that does not engage someone. No. OK. Saw the picture. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is up there with <laughs> uh, like the trade show banner blindness you were talking about last time where it's just like, OK, it's another one. It's another one. It's another one. It's another right. one. Because, you know at least on LinkedIn, it doesn't autoplay if you don't want it to. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times too, I'll see people with a uh, just a black box where a video is and there's just nothing there. There's no thumbnail. And so, you they know- They need we, a graphic artist. Yeah, well, we take our time at all well, this. We, yeah, we do all that, so. But I, I think <laughs> about, like when I think about the thumbnail when we're creating that, mm. you know, my inspiration is, is um, Gary Larson, right? The far side where he would, he would tell you a whole thing in just one pane instead of, you know, all other comics had multiple mm-hmm. to tell their story. He did it in one pane and would have like a, you know, the far side was just great. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he would tell a whole story. And to me, it's the same thing with the thumbnail. Mm. Like what is this video about in one thumbnail and try to try to understand that. And so that's always the goal is to explain what's going to be inside this package before you, before you even click on it. And then like, again, if you're scrolling through, those videos are not autoplaying a lot of times. People think they are and they're not. And then the other thing we were talking about is just, you know, if it's just a photo, especially blog posts, things like that, I don't think the click-through rate is very great uh, with any of that content. So I would say it's between good copy, meaning somebody just says something that's kind of witty and that uh, is true, or, having a video that dives into, you know, information about a product. And then there's different types of video. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, <laughs> there's um, just raw, you know. Yeah. Walk and talk and... Walk and talk, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really need to be... But, but if you're trying to explain something like an explainer video, yeah. you kind of have to have a script... You don't want to go off track and right, on a rabbit trail. trail on accident. You want to stay focused. You you want to po- show some diagrams, you know, whatever it is. You and, know, and that's where the say. production part comes into it. Mm-hmm. So you got, and then, but you have ads. 
and this is I think the big takeaway that we had earlier was you just see on a when you're when you look when you see any video almost from any company, what is it? It's usually a product dancing around a music, and yeah. that's it. So it's just like, oh, this is cool. And you know. it's so often that it's it could be any product. It doesn't. Yeah, after a while, they start blurring together. It's, it's juice spinning around a music. It's a camera spinning around a music. It's they're all the same. It's just after a while, it does not engage. Well, someone. it doesn't tell the. It doesn't give them any anything. any information. Yeah. It's just here it is, or. I almost know. I you know I, I call it brag posts. So a lot of it too is just like, oh, we've won this or we did this or look at us or mm -hmm. here we are at this thing at whatever insert event. And I think, you know, again, if I, again, this is because of our Nordstrom kind of uh, mm -hmm. start is the reason, and I'm not saying that those things don't have a, a fit in the feed, but you have to also have information for them to digest. And I think, well, there's two things that if you're thinking about the client and you're putting uh, material together, that's cool. You got you got to have that. But I also think it's really important to have someone else tell your story because you telling your story, it's going to really it is no matter what, it's going to be more of an ad, even if it's an explainer, it's still going to be more of an ad versus, you know, when I look at reviews on Amazon or anywhere, yeah. I'm on there to, to learn about something. Mm -hmm. And I think other people. Uh, kind of describing a product or going through, mm -hmm. you know, how it works. There's just a lot of legitimacy uh, to that. Yeah. And you can definitely tell more about whatever it is through video. Yeah. No matter who you are. And um, I think the photos with logos on them has become oversaturated. Yeah. And it works. You did it. Yeah. I mean, it used to work. Yeah. But it everyone's doing that now. And it's just... Um, you know, whatever the picture is, it's just a logo in front of the picture. Yeah. After it's, a while, you just almost, you're just skipping through it. To and get it's not personal. No, no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, some people will have something better than others as you're going through. Yeah. But uh, it is it is interesting to, to kind of mm -hmm. break those things down. And to see how effective each one might be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that's what we do. What we do for a living is we do look at trends and then mm -hmm. also what's the effectiveness of this particular thing at this time. Right. And then those things change over mm -hmm. time. So it's like, you can't do, we can't, if we were doing what we did 10 years ago, then that wouldn't work very well. So I, I think that's a, another big issue is people get uh, comfortable doing the exact same kind of um, tactics or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. that. Um, and then it becomes less and less effective. I mean, in sales, that that's extremely true. Yeah. Because, you know, just in terms of email copy that goes out, you know, what worked oh, sure. two or three years ago would sound ridiculous right now. Mm -hmm. So you always have to be changing and adapting um, to where the customer is mm -hmm. and understanding them. I mean, there's certain things that will never go out of style. And that is know your customer, mm -hmm. you know, uh, do your research understand how what problems they're actually going through so you can sort of anticipate what their needs would be. There's just a lot of lazy kind of, I think, sales tactics that go out there. And, you know, you can't make up for for doing the the research and understanding the client. And that that's another big piece, like I, like I was saying, is like, you know, before anyone buys a product, the first thing they do is they research. And so 
if you're going out and you're looking at, uh, you know, I want to understand more about this product and everything, they're doing that before ever calling the company. So if you're not investing in helping these customers, this is like, I guess, dark funnel, right? So these, these customers are not on your radar yet, but they're on the website. They're, they're trying to find out about your products. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people put like these kind of barriers. Um, usually it's, you know, fill out this form and then you're going to get pestered to death by our <laughs> salesperson versus here's information. Here's information. Here's information. What do you need? So that way you can speed up that, that sales process by, by giving them everything they could possibly need to make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the companies that do that are gonna do better, especially now. Now, now it's high stakes. Now it's like, okay, you know, you, you could probably get away in a good market with kind of poorer um, methodologies, I guess, of, of uh, having, you know, a, a, your website and information that you're putting out there. But now it's gonna be, you know, people are, are gonna make choices and, and keep things or not keep things. And I think the companies that are thinking about the customer deeply and, and anticipating what they need before they're on their site, that's gonna be a, a winning combination right there, so. Yeah, that's really just thinking about the customer. Yeah. Like the whole thing is for the customer. Your videos should be for the customer. Your product is for the customer, so. And that's the thing, it's like they create products for the customer. So they had to think about all this stuff, mm -hmm. right? From a, just a day-to-day a -day standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And then like, what are you doing on, Right. you know, on the, on, the, on the marketing component? Like to me, you know, video obviously and, and Wave Media, which launched recently, is about creating videos for our clients mm -hmm. and doing it in a way that comes, it's from us, not from mm -hmm. them. Um, but I was going to say that that's a marketing component. Mm -hmm. But our, our thing is we work together, you know, from marketing and sales, working together tightly to everything should should basically help to educate that client. So that way you speed up the sales process and you're actually helping your, your salespeople. Yeah. And, and I think having another person telling your story, telling about your product, it, it, it just gets more views. It gets, it's more interesting to yeah. them. That's, I mean, we see the feedback. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a huge thing. And on, on top of that, I just kind of wanted to go back to this. Um, there's macro influencers, which are like a celebrity. They've got millions of people following them. Yeah. And then there's micro influencers. And when they did a study, just, I think this, last few months ago, they found that micro-influencers had more sales, more influence over the audience because they're in, they're, it's, they have more of a relationship with mm -hmm. them. Sure. If somebody has millions of people following them, there is no re relationship right. there. Yeah. And so it, it, was, it was really surprising, those numbers, because the micro-influencers were the ones that actually sold way more. That's cool. Yeah. Because people want that. They want to engage with someone else. They want to ask them questions. I mean, we get emails. They ask us about these things. Right. And, and we're engaging with our audience every day. It's yeah, not I'm just a video we're engaging them no, with no. them on. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I just, to me, the video component is just the evolved presentation where you you see presentations that are really bad and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) you're putting everyone to sleep. Stop it. And and so you're like brevity, you know, keeping things um, kind of spot on. And then to me, video is just the new way of, of me to, um, to explain things and break things down so it's understandable mm-hmm. and it gets to the point and it doesn't go and go around and around in circles. So I guess the idea is that that's sort of the new way of doing that. But I had to drive from place to place to place to place to do the presentation. So I was, yeah. if I was doing five meetings a day, I mean, that's, that's, you know, driving all over the place. And then if you can do this where you're creating these videos and you're educating at scale, then to me, that that's sort of a no brainer. Like you're, you're kind of bringing all these best components that we've seen over the years. And I think of tech expo, like the idea there was we're going to create a road show and we're going to have all this great technology. And then we're going to talk about how these things apply to the, the customer that, that uses them. Right. And we would have, I mean, we had the um, chief of police in San Diego. We had an admiral on. We had um, just a, a host of of great speakers, Qualcomm. And what I liked about it was that it was a, an ability to showcase all this really great technology to end users and channel partners. And to me, the next phase of that really is what we're doing with Wave Media is, you know, how do you do that at scale on demand? You know, nobody wants to watch a webinar when they're supposed to, you know? And I think live uh, material is great. And then small short form material is mm-hmm. kind of the, the direction we're, we're kind of going to. Yeah, and that, that show, I mean, there was a lot of effort put into that show. Yeah. It took a lot of time to make, but it's a lot easier to do video after video after video versus, okay, we did this one show Right. And that's my one a year yeah. video. Well, I got a full. And, and I mean, and you were on the news and everything. Okay, now what are you going to do next? And you're like, uh, <laughs> well, you need to keep. It's the relationship you're building with your audience, your 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 potential clients or whatever. Yeah. So that's you can't just do a couple of trade shows a year. That's not and and not everybody can go there. Either. No, and, and, the, and to me, the other vision of it is that you're working with uh, whoever, like meaning mm-hmm. if I like this product, then I want to talk about it and, right. I, and I want it to be included in sort of the, the larger scope of, again, layered security in this case. And I think, you know, if, if you take what what kind of drives us again is, you know, how do you how do you put these things together in an inform, informative format? That's a nice one to say, isn't it? <laughs> and I think we did that, um, but we just did it in a paradigm that was limited by travel and setting yeah, things in the, up. Yeah, in the physical world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and even with the physical world, within that world, it's um, so-and-so isn't in the office right now, so you can't go and right. show them what you want to show them. So That and I, the thing I like about creating a video is that it allows you to kind of take your time and and put together exactly how you want this to to be laid out and like you said you can have you know infographics and different things on there and and tell that story and then just to me it's all about keeping it you know brief uh people don't have a ton of time to you know 
just listen to a, a billion of these things, mm-hmm. uh, but they can. But to me, it's just like, okay, here's this, here's this little snippet about something and then uh, just kind of keep those going. But yeah, I like, I mean, what you're seeing and what the ideas you're, you're talking about uh, this week, that just blows my mind. Those numbers are crazy. And I, I think that we're, we're heading that way. We just sort of kind of stumbled on that, really. I mean, we didn't intend to to do that. I think we just used our knowledge of of the market and what we liked. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to help somebody understand something so that they can make a decision. Yeah. And quickly. Right. And if they don't want it, they, they can move on. That's right. So, in, and it is the the audience that shapes what we make. Oh, that's 100%. For them. So they'll they'll comment or tell us, oh, can you do this or try this instead or whatever, and we just shape our video for them. They're the ones that tell us what they want. Yeah, I mean, even for this, I would love if anybody has any ideas for yeah. marketing and sales and sure. questions you would have for either one, because mm-hmm. there's gonna be marketers that listen to this because yeah. of you, and then maybe some salespeople, and then we could, because these two worlds seem to to not mesh enough. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. You look at that air movie and as marketing sales just totally rocking that whole thing together. Yeah. And it just showed you the, the power of that. Um and I did check out the the music on that. I was like, did this song really come out in 1984? <laughs> but it actually came out in 83. So it was it was uh that Night Ranger song. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was legit. It did it did hit the it hit it hit the right uh the right time frame there. But anyway, it was a good movie. Uh, I think it was fun to to see how they, uh, you know, put all that together. And I think Matt Damon and Ben Affleck did a good job. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to ask if anyone uh, has anything else they took out away from that movie. Yeah. Put it in the comments. Maybe we missed something. <laughs> I would. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun to see what a marketer, what their insights were on it. Um, and then what the salespeople, what they're, they're thinking. I know there's, you know, the, the personalized, the very end when he's talking to the the mom and the dad and and Michael Jordan, and he gets ri- you know get got rid of like the the standard kind of presentation and did, and then just really leaned in, mm-hmm. and I think that's good when you speak from the heart and people realize yeah. that no you know we really think these things and we really believe in in our not only our products but in, in the the person, mm-hmm. um, it just shows, yeah, and that's what they saw, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. I, I really liked it. I yeah. thought it was a good movie. Yeah, especially right now. I mean, that literally dovetailed all all through what we wanted to talk about, which is sort of this mm-hmm. idea of other people telling someone's story or they're mm-hmm. um, highlighting their brand, however you want to say mm-hmm. that, where, you know, I think of all the different people that I watch about a product. Mm-hmm. And it's always somebody else other than the brand talking about it. It's just wild. It's funny, isn't it? I know. You just don't even think about it. It's just very personalized. Yeah. Human to human. Here's it is. If it's the company making their own video, it's just not watched. It just isn't. Yeah. I mean, it's it's different. Yeah. It's a scene as. Well, I don't know. Let uh, Let me see about that. Yeah, it's a trip. So I think that that's a big takeaway, and that's going to be a high growth. You're saying for 2023 and on. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see uh, 
how all these things go and what the timing is for us, you know, as a, as a company that, that does sales and marketing and, and really focuses on, on for us, the future is video and what we're doing because we're finally really able to take, you know, the, our experience in copywriting, you had video, uh, TV background, um, and all these things are sort of meshed together mm -hmm. and we're just having fun, you know, putting these things, uh, to the use for the client to help them. Mm -hmm. And we see a, a niche that isn't being filled, at least, you know, in, in certain certain areas, at least. I mean, I'm sure there's other B2B uh, influencers that are out there, but, you know, not doing exactly what we can do. Um, so that's the difference, I think. Yeah. In television and radio, too, that um, it's the demographics that you sell or that you put your ad on for those demographics. True, yeah. So social media is a little different. Yeah. I mean, you have to know what you're going for. Who are you speaking to? You don't just make one random video and that's it. Like it's more, you that's make a, a video point. for um, this age group. You make a video for that age group and you're gonna put it on this platform and then put this one on the other platform. I mean, it's a lot more intricate well, I think than television. What, They're just buying a program. Right, but when we're creating a video, it's gonna be on a an application mm -hmm. that's being solved. Yeah. And so that, that, that sort of just goes out and in terms of that demographic, it's gonna be a, a security manager, right? Right. And then the system integrators that that cater to that market. But you're right, like they're, for us, it's the, it's not just a security person, right? It's what uh, vertical are they in? Because mm -hmm. their needs are going to be different than somebody in a different vertical. Uh, yeah. Even though it's security, it's still different. Like, yeah. so yeah, it's true. Like, and, each and one's I mean, a bit different. we even have end users that are pretty amazing. I know. Well, again, if you I, I from, from the heart, if I think if we're just doing what we we think is right in terms of. I just want to provide great information mm -hmm. and package it in a kind of infotainment uh, way. I think that's... They love it. Yeah. I but mean, more what we've heard. And, and, and if they don't, we'll hear that and we'll change it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if anybody has ideas on on our stuff, we'd love to hear that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, you know, this is all we want to do is, is really help customers mm -hmm. explain. And this is what we've always done. We, we help them to explain what their product does and what it does well and how it compares to other products. And that's really it. Like okay. you're educating somebody on, on something just like I want to get educated if I'm looking at software or, or a camera or whatever it is. I'm trying to find out more about it so I make the, the right decision. Yeah. And so is a, a customer. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter what you're buying. Somebody's just trying to figure out, is this the right one? Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. So I like it. Um, <laughs> Anything else that you can think of that we should talk about, like that we've been talking about this week that you think I didn't remember? Um, it just happens a lot. I thought you were going to talk about the uh, sales loft software. Yeah, that's right. So that you were they came excited. out with Rhythm, which is their AI component. Uh, and what I like about it is it it just helps. So it's sales engagement platform is in addition to a CRM. So this kind of rides on top of the CRM and it's it's like a, a heads up display of everything you need to get done. And it organizes things and it helps you with your outreach campaigns and, and things like that, right? So 
Um, a lot of times the people who are using a sales engagement platform are under marketing uh, because they're doing sort of outbound marketing mm -hmm. uh, as their job and or they could be selling to the channel and they could be using it to keep organized. But what's cool about Rhythm, and I can't wait to kind of play around with it, maybe we'll do a video on just how this thing works, what I think about it, my impressions, because we've been using SalesLoft for quite a long time. Uh, I started using it in 2018. We were using a product called Relate IQ, which was way ahead of its time. Um, and then that got purchased by Salesforce and then sort of got limited in terms of uh, some of the enterprise features that we needed. So we wound up going with SalesLoft on top of our CRM. And what that does is it allows you to organize your day, organize what are called cadences, and uh, it's just kind of next level in terms of making you way more efficient. And so the idea of AI on top of that, being like a little co-pilot, um, telling me, hey, you forgot to do this, or you know, this is this is more of a priority, and even I guess helping with you know some of the keystrokes of of creating an an out outbound. Um, Maybe it's a follow-up email or whatever. That's just super cool. So, you know, there's so much talk about AI and I don't talk about it because, you know, it's it's sort of like early. Yeah. And everyone's just going gangbusters on talking about, you know, chat GBT and all the all these things. But, you know, of course we're looking at this stuff and we're we're seeing, you know, what can really help. And to me, this is what's cool is a software program like SalesLoft taking AI and making it usable inside their product. So it's very specialized. And I just think that's where the market's gonna go. So we help our clients with uh, implementing SalesLoft and kind of fine tuning it. And um, so we'll we'll have more up on this later, but yeah, it's early. Uh, I haven't even had a chance to play with it yet. Uh, so I can't wait to, uh, to kind of see what, what this will do for us. Uh, but, you know, nothing's like a magic bullet. Um, you know, you still have to do work and you still have to research your customers and, mm -hmm. and be personal and, and do all the things that are really important. And I think it's funny. It's like marketing is seeing the benefit that sales saw and personalizing, knowing the customer, mm -hmm. getting more information about the customer. Like I said, for whatever reason, sales and marketing just didn't communicate a lot of stuff. Like they're sort of like, this is ours over here, and you know don't talk to our customers <laughs> and where we've never done that, of course, because, you know, we're working together on all this stuff. And I think, you know, when you really plug into the customer and their needs and understanding how to shape your products and services around them, you know, that's where the magic happens. So uh, for all the sellers out there, you got to help your marketers because they can help you exponentially do a better job and, you know, the reason you see newsletters go out that aren't customized is because you're not helping them to mm -hmm. customize newsletters for each specific type of customer. And maybe if you help them to explain, no, this is really what we should be talking about. Or this is how the product actually works in, in the real world. You know, those are all things they want to know. And I think, you know, there's a lot of sales tools that are great and they tell you a lot. I mean, we see quite a bit on our dashboard, but it still doesn't really get into the the customer mindset. Um, I think that really does take a human telling, you know, what what's going on from the ground. And uh, so I think that's really important. But um, yeah, I mean, I think sales and marketing working together more 
that's that's where the magic happens. Yeah, sure. You look at Eric. Eric's a great example. Yeah. Anyway, that was sort of the the big uh, download from the last week of things that we were talking about. Uh, and I would just say again, you know, if you, I would love to know what a seller's uh, ideas were about air versus the marketing side, what their <laughs> thoughts were on that. Yeah, that'd be an interesting little uh, take in the comments. So. Yeah, yeah, it'd be kind of cool just to see what what people's thoughts were compared to each other. But anyway, that was our our uh, edition of Pipeline. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we love making these just because we, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff through the week. And Sunday sort of our day to, to chat about all this stuff. And we'll just do it on air and, and talk about these things that I think are, are trends or things that are going to help marketers and sellers. And uh, at the end of the day, it's going to help their customers um, to, to find their products and, and enjoy their solutions. So that's our, that's our story. Thank you for joining us for Pipeline. And until next time, take care. Bye-bye.